need your prayer. So anybody need the uh, handouts or uh, the Philippians 2 handout? Oh, okay. All right. No problem. I know what that's like. You carry a bunch of stuff around your Bible so you won't forget it. And <laughs> Okay. Anybody? Do you might need? Oh, yeah. Anybody else? Philippians 2? Yeah, yes, ma'am. Yeah, and, and by the way, anybody that, that you know doesn't want to have to hang on to it, you can just give it back at the end of class, it's no problem. That's yeah, yeah, thank you. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. In Philippians chapter uh, 2. Philippians chapter 2. Starting in verse 25, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> yet I supposed it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and companion in labor and fellow soldier, but your messenger and he that ministered to my wants for he longed after you all and was full of heaviness because that ye had heard that he had been sick for indeed he was sick nigh unto death, but God had mercy on him and not on him only, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I sent him therefore the more carefully that when you see him again, you may rejoice and that I may be the less sorrowful. Receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness and hold such in reputation because for the work of Christ, he was nigh unto death, not regarding his life to supply your lack of service toward me. So on the last page of Philippians, and I'm going to try to recap quickly. <laughs> and so uh, we're on uh, item number eight, which is the last page, Epaphroditus, God's man, Paul's brother co-laborer and fellow soldier, a faithful messenger of God. And so we're on letter D, which is for the work of Christ. He was sick nigh unto death. And we've already looked at these where we are to hold such in reputation who disregarded his own life and health to serve the Lord and others. And number one, it is proof, proof positive that we don't need to worry. God hears and answers prayers. And uh, we already looked at this first Peter six through seven. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time casting all of your care upon him, for he careth for you. And so, uh, and this is, of course, the thought that, hey, good morning. Nice to see you guys. Uh, this, of course, is the thought that we don't need to, Epaphroditus was sick, nine to death, and Paul said that, that he was spared, compounded sorrow. But uh, I know when big things hit my life, it tends to, you know, shock me, knock me off my feet mentally, spiritually, emotionally. But we don't need to worry because everything that we lift up to the Lord, he is faithful to respond and meet the need in, in his wisdom. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so underneath that letter B is Philippians 4, 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And we started that last week, but I wanted to carry on with that thought. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And this, is, of course, is the life of faith that God commands his people to walk in faith 
and not react. We, reacting is purely a fleshly thing. When something, you know, when, when, when your, your steadiness, your peace of mind is dependent upon whether or not your circumstances are good, we are not supposed to think like that. We are not supposed to be dependent upon circumstances being good for me to have peace because the Lord Jesus is our peace. He is not only salvation, and, and many, many people recognize the, the value of, of Jesus being Savior, but really Christ is meant to be everything to us. Our peace, not just with God, thank God for that, but in the moment too. <laughs> in your day-to-day life, minute by minute, Christ is our peace. And so the truth is, is and I, I love the verse, and I think it was last week someone referred to... Uh, it was you, John. I think you mentioned the, uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight, uh, where he, where the Lord Jesus says, "Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for my burden is is my yoke is easy, my burden is light." We are meant to offload all of our cares and concerns to the Lord Jesus. I don't think that means that we're supposed to just automatically not have any care or concern. I, I, but the Bible says, bring all of your cares to the Lord and put them on him and trust him with it. And I, I, again, I, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I tend to feel like like I, I will always have to be concerned about the matter, whatever it is. I, I'm, I'm sure God can give us that supernatural peace that it is taken care of. I remember one time, Melissa, uh, we had a we had a, a, a pastor. His son was in a bad car accident. And uh, and we were pretty concerned about it. We, we were praying about it and we went to bed and and Melissa just got this peace in the middle of the night that God was answering that prayer. Thank God for that. And he was he was fine. Praise the Lord. He turned out to, to I think he had some bumps and bruises, but he was fine. And so, listen, if God wants to give that peace that I have heard, I have answered and I am going to take care of this. And, and the thing is, is God is going to do those things. Now, it, it may be an immediate answer. It may be an immediate relief of the crisis or it may be something else. And so whatever the case is, God's wisdom is absolutely perfect. And so our place is to trust that. And that's what it comes down to. If you're going to worry or not worry, it's going to come down to trusting in the Lord. And there's many times, and I speak about myself here specifically, there's many times in which you can cast a care upon the Lord and you can know he's faithful. You can know he's going to answer according to his wisdom and you can't help but still worry. I won't ask for a show of your hands, but I'll raise my hand. I am very much like that. I, I know he's God. I know he created the universe in six days by by his commandment. And the universe responded. I know he's master of the universe, but it doesn't. I have a hard time flipping the switch off. Anybody else like that? <laughs> flipping the worry switch off. But listen, it, it doesn't matter. And I, I think, by the way, sometimes I've also asked Lord, help me in my emotions. Help me in this anxiousness that I feel. And, and I listen, I think God's pretty faithful about that. And he's helped me with those feelings as well. And so, um. Anyway, as we continue to look at this, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So I have this thought and I mentioned it last week. I just paraphrased. I didn't go to there to verse to read it. But in Mark chapter 11, this is a pretty extraordinary passage in Mark chapter 11. And 
Okay, so it's in verse 20, but I wanted to... Okay, verse, so Mark chapter 11, starting in verse 12, just going to read a couple of verses here and then move on to 20. So Mark chapter 11, give you guys a second. <clears throat> Mark chapter 11, verse 12. And on the morrow, when they were come, to, come from Bethany, he was, in hungry, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answering answered and said unto it, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. So the Lord Jesus was hungry and he sees a fig plant. And, I, and by the way, I mentioned this last week. I think it's pretty extraordinary. The fact that the Lord, he for his meal, he was looking for a fig plant. Now, that obviously this is this is what it was like for the Lord who had no home, no fixed place that he lived in. His, his, he lived literally minute to minute and God met his needs, but he came, he was hungry and he came to a fig tree looking for figs. There was no figs. And he says, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. That, that, that's, I don't know. Okay. So, so down in verse 20 <laughs> and, and in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Just notice that last night dried up from the roots. <laughs> And Peter calling to remembrance saith unto him, Master, uh, Master, behold the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. And it's, this is this passage has always rocked my world because he says, Lord, look, this, the the fig tree you cursed is withered away. And Jesus's answer here is amazing. And Jesus answering saith answering saith unto, unto them, Have faith in God. And so what the Lord responds to. Peter's amazement that the fig tree is withered up by by simply the Lord Jesus saying, no, no figs grow on you forever. And the fig tree withered away. Peter is is amazed by that. And the Lord Jesus's response is have faith in God. Verse 23. For verily, I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall he shall have Whatsoever he hath saith, therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye have them, and ye shall have them. And when ye stand praying, forgive if ye have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. So again, the premise here that we're looking at is the Lord Jesus curses a fig tree; it dries up. Peter's amazed. And the Lord Jesus responds to them, the, the disciples, with have faith in God. And he begins to talk in a way that seems to referring to the life of faith, the life of a believer. Now, listen, I, I have to say that I, the way I've read this in the past, I responded with a, it almost seems like a, I don't know, like a superpower kind of thing. Whatsoever you ask, believe, and it's coming just exactly the way you ask. In my mind, geared the way it is, think, well, that sounds like you're just walking around with superpowers like tree. Be you cast up into this and and hey, mountain, you do this. And I think it's I think there's a different matter when you're talking about the life of faith where we're following Jesus Christ. And listen, we are going to face all kinds of challenges following Jesus Christ. And as you look out into our world today, folks, it's a treacherous ground. This is this is a wasteland that we're and, and there's many blessings in America. But as far as the landscape of people 
and the things that people are, the way in which people are constructing their lives, and they don't want you to come along and walking by faith and talking about how Christ is the anchor for our souls. And if he says this is the way we ought to go, then by golly, this is the way we ought to go. People don't want Christians come along and shaking out. And, and listen, there's, there's crazy things going on. And, and it's not just crazy. It's, it's very sinful, very corrupt. The manner in which people think. The ways people think. And, you know, it's it's not just that transgender is just a a a, this, a holy sinful thing. And it is that because it's like inviting perversion. It's it's against nature. The things are there. And, and, and homosexuality has been propagated for years. It's not just that those things are that way. It's that God tells us to walk by faith. And so, listen, I I, I see more and more and more. It seems as though. It's going to come to a point where if if look, the, the, the powers that be in government, they keep on shoving and pushing down this road where our laws don't seem to matter anymore. Now, I'm not on a, I'm not on a, a political tirade here. I'm saying that the life of faith is going to conflict more and more heavily with this lawlessness that's taking place in our society. Now, we have a constitution that's supposed to protect our our abilities as Christians to worship God freely without somebody telling us not to. By the way, the, the founding, I heard some people talking about the Constitution recently and their perspective was, well, it's kind of out of date. It's not out of date <laughs> because what what many, many people came to America for was that they were tired of being in the Anglican church. And being told how to worship God. And if you're not doing it their way, you're doing it wrong and you're going against the king. Now, listen, that doesn't sound altogether dissimilar to our world where they're starting to tell people you don't have a right to decide what right or wrong is. If you're going against what they want you to believe is is the right way. And, you know, things like, I mean, kids are being told that they can't have a Bible at school. And people are being told that they cannot opt out of sex education. People are being told in businesses that you have. I think Kevin Byron mentioned this recently, that that the whole company was being told you must use the proper pronouns. Now, listen, for a Christian, a child of God, my place is to follow the Lord Jesus. And listen, listen, that has always made better citizens. If you're going to be a follower of Jesus Christ, you're going to be a better worker. If you're going to be a follower of Jesus Christ, you're going to be a better husband. You're going to be a better father. You're going to be a better neighbor. You're going to be all the things that you should be. And so, Miss Miss Cassandra, do you have something? Oh, I, okay. I, I didn't know if you were <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe I'm just a little uh, sensitive from the the Domino's game yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so the, the point is, is that the life of faith, it is becoming more pronouncedly different than than the world and the way it's going. And it's always been that way back, you know, from 2000 years ago. If you were going to walk with Christ, bless you, then then you're going to stand out against the crowd. And I guess the, the point I'm getting at is that God has uh, the right to tell us how to live our lives. We are bought with a price. And so, therefore, we are to glorify God and and walk in his ways. And so we are to live and to walk in in the life of faith. And in this passage, Lord Jesus is saying that we are to 
we are to believe God and we are to cast all of our cares upon him and believe that he is going to answer those needs. Now, I think is, is it does not mean I don't I don't think it means that I can command nature like God does. But when I come into a, to a problem walking with the Lord Jesus and I'm saying, Lord, I am walking with you and this is in the way and I'm, I'm asking you to take it out of the way. And God will answer that prayer because he is faithful. And it may end up being that he will supernaturally answer the prayer absolutely in the way that we need him to. And it may be that he'll answer in some other way. But the point is, is he's going to answer that prayer. He is going to meet the need. And, and again, this passage, the Lord Jesus has been being very specific. He says, um, <clears throat> verse 23 again, <clears throat> excuse me. For verily, I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore, I say unto you that whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And so listen, this this passage is very specifically saying, believe in God, believe as you pray that he is answering the prayer. Listen, and, and, and the book of Job, many of the places of the Bible show that when we cast up our prayers, God is moving. And if he waits or does not choose to answer immediately or in the way in which we ask, he is moving. It's just that we can't see what he's doing, at least not right away. So many of us have said, look, I look back over 20 or 30 years of raising children or, 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 or walking uh, and, and, in, and in so many different ways in life. And I can see how faithful God has been the entire time. And there were so many times in which I didn't understand what was going on at the time. But now I do. <laughs> I've, I've mentioned before, it's, it's an easy thing to say so or an easy example. So I'll just go ahead and say it again. I had three strokes, didn't ask for one of them. <laughs> and I didn't I wasn't happy any of them got here when they got here. But I look back and I can see that, that things have been orchestrated in a way that benefited me in a very blessed way. And I look back and, and, and again, my, my prayer request of the morning after the, the, the first big stroke, it was a major stroke. All the doctors said so. Uh, the, 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 my first my, I remember after sit, waiting in the emergency room for five hours, they still had not brought me upstairs to the neurology department. I was just feeling way discouraged. And I remember saying, Lord, I would I would like to be back in church and I would like to get to teach Sunday school. And I would like to 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 be able to to keep doing the things you've called me to do. And within an hour, I'm walking around in my room. I wasn't listen. I was dragging my left side all over the place. I had disorientation. I had uh, anyway, I have I had a lot of problems and I was very concerned about it. But with again, that. I don't I don't know that it was that prayer. I, I tend to feel like it was. But regardless of, of the fact, sometimes God answers just like that. We had uh, doctors and nurses come in the room all throughout that week. I had a Christian neurologist. He was such a godly man. Every day he came in and talked with me and he encouraged me. And uh, so many people kept on saying, listen, I saw your chart. <laughs> you should not be like this. <laughs> you should not be OK. You should be debilitated. <laughs> And, and listen, I, I was I was happy. I was thankful, but I was also discouraged. I was 47 years old. Nobody in my family had had a heart attack or stroke or anything like that. My point being, 
Our plans don't always go the way we want them to, but God is at work all the time without exception. And so many times we, we are just, this isn't what I asked for. You know what? We may not see in this lifetime, but a lot of times we do that. God's plans are better all the time. God's plans are always better. Right now is the time for us to exercise faith in the moment. Right now, we're in the moment. We're in this Sunday school class. We're sharing these things together from the Bible. We're in this moment. And sometimes there may be problems in this room. And looking forward, you don't know. You can't see through the veil of the future. But God can. His plans are perfect. How he is answering everyone. Maybe you're lifting up a prayer that you've been lifting up for years. And you don't know how will this play out? And you're anxious about it. God is moving. He is at work. He may specifically be leaving something in your life to produce something that we need. Some spiritual strength or a frame of mind that we need. Brother Albie. I don't know if it's a rabbit trail or what. I feel like it feels maybe because we're in the Amen. Right. He must have known something ahead of time that never would, or whatever, because he condemned it for not having figs on the wasn't even time to have figs. Mm-hmm. Like me saying, "Well, I don't want to get an apple in the springtime." <laughs> you know, you're not ready. To have you have to get an old apple from last spring. <laughs> so, I mean, it was kind of, it was kind of confusing what he, what he was doing, but I guess he had a he had a plan there. Yeah. Well, I will tell you that I heard uh, quite an exposition on this passage. And the fig tree um, gives you fruit three times a year. This particular time is Passover, so it was spring. And it would always, that would be the sweetest figs mm. for the season. And it would always uh, get the, the fruit before the leaves. Mm. So yeah. see, the fact that this had come in leaf. And there were no fruit. Mm. And it also takes a fig tree at least three years before it even gets fruit for the first time. Mm. And I'll, this one, doesn't Jesus say that it, how old it is? I think it's three years old and it's still not getting fruit, which means it's not worthy. Well, oh, that, well that's, a, that, yeah, that's a different passage. That's a, that's a tree and, uh, and the, the, um, and the uh, what's it called? Not an orchard. What was it? Anyway, it's a group of trees, and he, he, it, was, it was prepared, and, and it still did not produce fruit. And uh, that was when the, the husbandman said, give it one more year also, and I will, I will dung it, I will dig it. And, uh, and, and it was, yeah, so different passage. But, yeah. but anyway, that, that's what this particular um, preacher mm-hmm. was, was waxing on yeah. in this passage, that, that you know, Jesus knew that it should have, at this time of year, had fruit on it. Well, I, you know, you know what I often what I often think about it is when the Lord and the thing I, I tend to identify it with is when the Lord comes into our lives, he expects he expects us to have responded to his leadership. And I think about myself, I think about for so many years, I was just not the person I should have been. I, I'm not the person I should be now, but I'm just, I just remember looking back. Why did I think that way? I, I'm not, I'm not going to ask for a show, of hands, but you all look a little gray. 
I imagine all of us have regrets looking back that we were not the person we should have been. Sadie, when I was your age, I was a mess, let me tell you. <laughs> and let, make it bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. The best, best, I, I, don't, I remember, I, I don't have time for these things. <laughs> I remember asking God for a girlfriend because <laughs> I didn't have one. <laughs> and I asked for a pretty girl. Hey, Isaiah, spiritual stuff going on here, man. Um, I asked for a pretty girl and got a pretty girl. Didn't work out. And I asked for a girl that really liked me. That didn't work out. And I said, okay, Lord, you pick. I, I, and I look back and I'm, you know, I'm still living in the benefits of saying, Lord, you pick. <laughs> you know, I am so, I, I can't, I always, I often think about that and, and, and what an unspiritually minded person I was. But man, I prayed a good prayer. That was a good prayer. Lord, you pick. You pick the person you want to, to be with me. And uh, so anyway, the life of faith, the Lord Jesus refers to in this passage, you know, again, it started with a fig tree and no, no figs on it. And the Lord said, no, nobody's going to get figs, figs off of you. I'm paraphrasing again. And uh, and and so Peter responds amazed in the, the world's response to his command. And the Lord Jesus responds with this thought, have faith in God. Mm-hmm. And then he talks about the life of faith. To bring everything to the Lord, trust him about it and believe and that's so integral to the to the believer walking in belief, walking in faith and confidence in God and not. A, and we have so many things warring against our minds in this world as a child of God. There's so many things telling you not not to live by faith. Not to trust in God, not to believe in Jesus Christ, not to trust in, in, in the way that he tells us to walk through his word, not to trust, do things man's way. And what do you see in man's way? Well, in man's way in America today, you see a lot of evil. And it's, you know, there's so many things in which our society over, over the span of my life, you know, when I was a little boy, we had a small amount of the things that are rampant in our society, or it seemed like a small amount. I lived in the South. I lived in Arkansas. Arkansas didn't see these things. I don't know what Arkansas looks like now, but I know <laughs> I know the world's changed a lot since then. And Virginia is a mess. And I'm thankful it's not worse. Don't get me wrong. Thank the Lord that it's not worse. But listen, things look pretty bad. Things, things look like people have turned away from God and thank the Lord. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not advocating for like, uh, you know, riots or anything like that, but I'm thankful that as you look, there are also people pretty dissatisfied. There's, and I, I've believed this for a long time that, that, that the more the gray area seems to be disappearing in America, the, Hey, Hey man, I just want to do my own thing. I just want to get up, go to work, come home and, and watch TV. And yet the more, that these extremes on, the, on, on both sides seem to be, you know, growing the gray area in the middle of, hey, man, just let me leave, live my life. There's becoming less room for the gray area. And you need to decide whose side you're on. <laughs> and certainly in the big way of the Lord or walking with the world and, and the, which is essentially with Satan. People don't realize it. But if you're not walking with God, you're walking the way of the world which is also going to end up in the same way Satan does. And so our place specifically as believers, but the whole world needs to decide whose side are you on? Because every day people make decisions that have an impact on eternity. 
And people don't think that. No, man, I'm just doing my own thing. You do you doing your own thing is not walking with the Lord and it affects others. There's so many fathers that 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 don't think that they're being an impact on their children by not doing the things they should be doing. You know, the wife, the, the mom is taking kids to church <laughs> and they think that, hey, man, I'm just doing my own thing. You know what? That's not true. Fathers are examples to their children. We have a responsibility to listen to what God says and teach it to our children. We as Christians have example, have a responsibility to follow Christ in our society. You know, my son and I were talking yesterday about how we you know we both have interests besides I have hobbies, all kinds of things. But I am hesitant to talk too much about them at work because I don't want them. I don't want my hobbies to war with my testimony for Christ. I want the mo- the thing that pops out about me most is that Jesus is my savior. And I want to follow the Lord. I'm not perfect. And, and, you know, we can never present ourselves as perfect. We need to be careful about that. But at the same time, I want people to I want people to see Christ in my life more than anything else. And I don't want that to be at odds with, man, what a football fan he is or what a, a video game fan he is or whatever. Yeah, 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 that's true. That, I, 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 yeah, huh? Which is a stretch. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm acting being normal. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the, the truth is, is, we need wisdom. We need wisdom how to be like Christ in this world. And, you know, I always think about the fact that the Lord Jesus lived the perfect life, and not just the perfect life, but He was the perfect example for us. And that if 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 uh, you know that if I follow the Lord Jesus Christ perfectly then my life would be more different than it is now. I would stand out more. And, and maybe we would seem more like aliens to the people around us. But what's most important in life is to be like Christ at every point, at every juncture. And, and so, listen, I, there's never... And I think that there's too many Christians living compartmentalized lives. There's my life at church, there's my life with brothers and sisters, and there's, there's the rest of my life. You can have this part, but I'm going to do my own thing over here. We are not meant to live life like that. We are meant to be followers of Jesus Christ all day long. All night long. (laughs) And our lives belong to him. The Bible says that we are bought with a price. In other words, Jesus owns me. He bought me. And like, like Peter says, not with silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And so again, you think about the fact of God coming and looking in my life. Like a, a husbandman and a, and a, and a, with a tree and looking for fruit. Man, I, I want him to find fruit. I want him to be pleased when he looks into my life and not be thinking about, I have, I have bought this tree. I have bought the land. I've taken good care of it. And no fruit is being produced. Root up the tree. It's been three years. No fruit. The tree goes. And the husbandman, I always think of that as the Lord Jesus. As the Lord Jesus saying, give it one more year and I'm going to dig at it. I'm going to dung it. I'm going to take care of it. And if it produces fruit, well, you know, I can't. I think of myself. I think of myself as so many years <laughs> doing my own thing, man. Just lots of fair. Is that how you say it? Lots of less fair. I'll probably mispronounce for the rest of my life. Anyway, go around as happy, go lucky living for myself. What a, what a waste of a life that is. 
And, and you know, I, I, we have to stop. But I, you know, I like watching movies where there's an epic battle, and there's a hero who fights hard and wins the day. The hero doesn't stay at home and sit sit down and watch TV. He doesn't live for himself. He's fighting. And listen, we need to be fighting for the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no better cause on earth than that. Brother Albie, real quick. Back in the day, they, they slipped these little things in casually. I guess you want to say they're trying to probably do it like the Waltons. Yeah, right. That man never went to church. Yeah. It's, you know, so they, 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 these little things could build up. Yeah. They just slip them in there and say, well, that was all right. Yeah. You know how good were. Yeah. Well, I, I'm the same way. I've looked back and I thought, oh, Walton's, that was that was good stuff, right? <laughs> she I was like 30 years later, look, watch the Walton. Hey, that's not that's not so good. <laughs> yeah, amen. I've seen the same thing, brother. All right, let's close in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for this time we've had. Thank you for being our God, for being faithful. And we do pray that you help us to exercise faith daily. Help us to walk with you, follow you. Help us not to be walking in the world and being of the world, but help us to be like you, Lord. And if we need to stand out because we're peculiar following you, then pray to help us to, to, to trust that you have the best way and that your plan for our lives are the best lives. And uh, we pray for your blessing on everyone here today and uh, for the coming hour, for your glory and honor and for your work in all of our hearts. And we pray that you would uh, do a mighty work, Lord. If there's anyone not saved, we pray that they'd be drawn to you and drawn to the truth and be changed by you for your glory. And uh, meet the needs of everyone here today. We thank you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.